Hey everybody, welcome back to Urban Whispers, the Lacey Knight Chronicles. I am your host, Lacey Knight, and guess who's back, everybody? It's Isha. It's Isha. Welcome, welcome back. I gave you a little week off so that you could do Thank your you. little thing. And how have you been? Tell everybody, catch us up. Hey, I've been good, you know, same old, same old, work, 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 school. Kids. Work, 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 school, kids. I feel like that's that's just the norm uh, for everybody. That's life. Yeah, just it's just life then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes being an adult sucks, but hey, <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. So guess what? In the time that you were gone, we actually got a couple of emails, which I'm super shocked by. Like some people wrote in and asked us a couple of questions. And so the first question before we jump into the books of everything, and I also go off on tangents, there's actually three questions. The first question was, hi, I really enjoy the theme music that plays at the beginning of the show. Where did you all get it? And so the answer to that is we got it from my brain. You guys, I am a multi-layered individual and I'm just like the fucking bomb.com. I made the beat. So if you love that <laughs> intro, Kiana <laughs> made that beat. Lacey Knight made that beat. <laughs> Enjoy it. I, I'm so excited though that you all like it because in addition to being a writer, yes, I am a musician and um, yeah, I made the beat. And I'm so glad you like it. It's supposed, it was only supposed to be a placeholder because I have an extremely talented daughter who I asked to create some theme music for the show. So hopefully at some point, you know, she's only 12. So, but she, when I say she's a musical genius, I'm not lying. So hopefully we'll get an actual song from my extremely talented daughter, but you know, you can't rush these 12 year olds to do anything. And you all are laughing like 12. Yes. If you know me in real life, y'all know that my daughter is the shit. So like, if I'm telling you, she's going to make a beat, that's going to be the bomb. It's going to be the bomb whenever we get it. Will it be, who knows? I have no idea. I've asked her for that beat in October. We are now in January and there's still no beat. So So, as mothers do, we pivot and I created the beat. So, I'm really glad that you all enjoyed the music and keep enjoying it because it makes me happy. I really enjoy doing it. And um, so, that's the answer to that question. The second question is, how did Lacey and Isha meet? So, Isha, do you want to take that one? Oh, well, um... We are in a lot of the same reading groups together. And you made a comment about something one time. And it was something that I read too. But I think you had a different perspective on it. And um, I'm not exactly sure how it happened. But we ended up messaging each other and deciding that we were going to try to read some books and discuss them and um I don't know maybe it was a year or so later that you were a beta reader and I was on the street team of one of our authors and it just kind of came from that I think this was about what maybe three or four years ago because how long have we been doing street team for Tiana it's been long. It was longer than that. It was a long time. Really? Yeah. I mean, you're, I, I don't even remember. We've been doing it for so long now. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I do remember that we had started communicating before we were doing the thing for Tiana. So Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're right. You uh, confronted me hardcore about my commentary on somebody's book. You really loved whoever this author was. And I was like, okay, that's your opinion. I'm glad you got one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what that that's the way it tends to be with us it's like because I'm more the romanticist and you're more the realist yeah. so I read something I'm like oh this is you know this is so good this is so and then you come in with, with the stuff like yeah but didn't he do this and why would she do that and isn't she such and such I'm like come on why do you have to bust my bubble you know exactly. let me be happy for a minute never that 
always but, but then but sometimes we do agree on on the same things actually we uh, yeah. agree on a lot we agree on a lot but i do remember i think it was that it was a specific author they had written something and much like i do i uh get on everybody's nerves in these groups and said something to piss i think almost all y'all off and so and then we had our conversation in the chat and then you were like i'm gonna find a book that i know you'll like and um we can talk about it and become book pals that way and i you you still have yet to find the book <laughs> but that's but the only reason the only reason to your to your credit the only reason that you haven't found a book is because we've been really busy as beta readers and you're on the street team for tiana levine who is a really great author you guys so you know yes, she is one of my favorites absolutely hands down nobody does ir in my opinion better i'm very fortunate to have a relationship with her and be a beta reader for her so love it but she's a she's a very verbose writer so none of her books are short and we spend a lot of time reading and com having conversations about her work while she's going through that process so you've been a little busy over the last few years to even find something for me to read but after we had our discourse i will say every once in a while you would you know jump in and say what are you reading what are you reading and um so yeah and now i like absolutely love isha and when i have like issues with people we check in i can't wait to meet you <laughs> in person like you one of my internet bffs like soul sister so yes, that's how we met. I started off being annoying and got on her nerves. And she was like, let me take this out of the group chat and <laughs> talk to her one-on-one. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's, it's so strange that you say that because that's like a thing that I do. If I'm in a chat group or something and I don't want to say something personal in front of the whole group. I'll kind of go off and, and take it privately. Like, okay, hey, what's going on here? You know, let, let's talk about this. Yeah. I don't want to expose you or I don't want, you know, things to be seen that you don't want to be seen. So let's do this here instead of keeping it out in the open in front of everybody. Yep. And I love that. I love it so much. But yes, so that's how we met. And I feel, I don't even remember, but I know that, so the pandemic started in 2020. And it was before the pandemic. So I'm going to give us five years. I'm going to say it's been five years. <laughs> Definitely. I'll, I'll say that. And then the next question that we got was, what um, what are your favorite genres? You also you often mention subgenres. What are your favorite genres to read in romance? And again, I'll let you start first. Oh, um, well, what I don't like is the billionaire trope. It, it just annoys me to no end because it's so unrealistic. It always has this rich guy who meets this kind of hood rat girl and miraculously they meet and they fall in love and have babies. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, what happened in between? So that, that's one I definitely don't like. Um, I'm not fond of the mafia romances. They just don't seem to be too realistic to me. Um, I I do like the kind of um, what do you call it like um, the lost love you know that gets back together again years later I tend to like those mm -hmm. um, I tend to like I don't, I don't know if it's even considered a category within IR now but I've always loved romantic suspense because before I got into reading interracial romance I was always reading like Sandra Brown and Nora Roberts um Nora Tammy Roberts, Hogue. that was yeah. the lady's name, people. When I was talking about Eve Dallas, Nora Roberts right under writes under the pseudonym JD Rob, and yes. that's who. Yes, I do. Love yeah, the whole Eve, Eve. Dallas thing. Oh, that was the one. When I was telling you people, this woman has been writing that series since the early '90s, and we are now in yes. 24, and she's still mm -hmm. putting out books. Oh my God. And I live for Eve Dallas, but that's a billionaire trope. So, uh, but, but, but that's, that's a little different because Eve was a strong woman before meeting Rourke and it's not like he defined her. They kind of complimented Eve, each other. So that's totally different. I don't know. Cause Eve is like my least favorite person. <laughs> She's so irritating to me. Oh my gosh. 
I like the cat. I like some. <laughs> I like some shit. As <laughs> Bella calls him now, Somerset. I like him. I love Rourke. I do. I really enjoy him. I like. Uh, I'm so mad that I can't remember the names, but I like the superstar. I like Eve's best friend, M Mavis. Mavis, Mavis, love Mavis, love her husband. Do not like uh the the short hair girl, her Eve's detective protege. What's her name? Oh, I I can't think of her name. It's been so long since I've read those now. Yeah, I haven't. I I've dropped the ball. There's been like six books that have come out that I haven't read. At some point, I will. But um. Oh, there have been more than six. For you? Wow. Well, I stopped oh, yeah. because I got into. I stopped reading her because I got into the urban romance life, and the these hood niggas really got me wrapped up in a choco see, right about now. That that's the one I I can't really deal with. Um, I tend to like, and this is kind of silly too, but I like the ones that start off with them like in college and then lead up to their life as real adults and mm -hmm. like seeing the progression with that um oh gosh, yeah there are quite a few like that that i really like i have some books that i like so much that i will read them at least once a year oh and, I love and, that. and every time i read them i find something new mm -hmm. and it, it's just um I don't know. I'm trying to think of some of the other. Oh, the the motorcycle clubs. You like yeah. those? Um, some of them I do. Some of them I don't because it seems kind of unrealistic to me when you've got like a whole biker gang and the all of them racist. have black girlfriends. And they're racist. The biker gang starts off as racist. Not, 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 girl, not girlfriends, black old ladies. Okay? Old ladies, yes. They got old yeah, that. Yeah, and that, it just doesn't strike me as being realistic and how easily they're accepted and things. And when I read something, unless I have what I call our fast reads, which are like novellas that I can usually knock out in like an hour, hour and a half. Mm -hmm. And then I have like the deep reads, like the Tiana Levine's Pepper Paces that I know it's going to take me a while to get through. Yes. So I, I, you know, I better have a place where I can settle down with nobody bothering me so I can really get into it and if I'm left alone, I can read them for it in a day. But um, I, so you gave us a whole think. bunch of what you don't like. <laughs> well, no, but because I'm I'm trying to think of what I, I guess a lot of them I could like, but it's the way they're written. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm somewhat of a book snob. I do not like a book that is not well researched. That has a lot of grammar errors. And I'm just, I, I will sit there. I, I'm so bad. I will be reading something and on my Kindle, I will be like highlighting stuff and changing it. Like you, with the bad grammar and stuff. You can change it in I, the Kindle? You can change people's stuff? I don't know. I do on mine. So when I go back and read it and I see the little note, I don't get as irritated because I know that I've caught it. Let it's me, just something about it. It's just in the Kindle, huh? I did not know that. Okay. You you press down on the word, it highlights it, and the little thing comes up with the little pencil, and you can edit it. Wow! Yeah, I, I don't uh, I don't know. Now somebody yes. told me the other day okay. that other people can see the things you highlight in those books. So so you can see. So I have seen where people have highlighted things in books. You don't see who's done it, but it's always like. X number of readers highlighted this passage or this word. And I'm always like, what? What did y'all hi So that makes so much sense because sometimes it's just like a word and you'll see like a lot of people have highlighted. So you're able to make uh, yeah. edit on your Kindle, but people can see that you highlighted it. So it's not necessarily showing that you made an edit, but it is showing that you highlight. Oh, that's okay. All right mm -hmm. then. Okay. Mm, that, okay. I'm with that. I like that. All right. Well, for me, the <laughs> the books that I, the tropes that I like are, hmm, I don't know if I oh, like. Oh, I forgot Love at First Sight. I forgot Love at First Sight. I, I do like those. Love at First Sight. See, that's not. I, I, I know that's kind of smarmy, but I mean, I like the things where they meet and it's just something about them that they can't yes, let they go. They're not really attracted, but I, I don't, is that what you would call those? 
instant attraction. Yeah, go for it. Love it first. Yeah, I, I like this. Okay, I, I fucks with that. Then you should read some urban romance because I feel like all oh, them motherfuckers, it'd be love at first sight. You my bitch. You not going to talk to nobody else. And that's just what it is. I'm going to shoot and kill everybody if you even try to talk to them. But see, I, that's what I can't get with in those. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little sheltered, but I like my relationships to be, yeah, you know, to have a little bit of spice in them where you might get in a little argument every now and then. But I don't need it like, you know, you getting some kind of argument with the boyfriend and his friends are doing this, this, and this, and you got all this drama where it's like street stuff and you're being shot at and all. Nah. See, I mean, I, I don't know. That, if I lived that street life for a hot second. So I'd be like, I know what this is. And if you all are telling the truth, I'll know for a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> but that's good. Cause that means it's well-written. If it, to me, if it's something that when you're reading, you can like put yourself in the place and like see everything happening, then that's a good book. So there, so there's one, there's an author that comes to mind and she wrote a book and um, I was like, do I know you? Because this literally sounds like my freshman year of college. Everything that y'all, that happened to this girl definitely was in love with a dope boy, definitely got into verbal arguments with him, definitely, um got left at a movie theater and had to hitchhike a ride home definitely got into him and another guy got into a fight outside of mini dome at southern university and he pulled a gun on this man and my best friend says that there it was fired i don't necessarily re remember this but she's like he absolutely shot a guy and he got off of it because his father was a judge and i was like oh did that oh wow <laughs> So I have lived the urban romance. And when I tell you that and the situation between the friends and all that, that absolutely 20 years ago was just a different type of Lacey. Okay. Like it's just a different girl. Like I would not partake in any of those behaviors now. Wink, wink. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because you've grown up and you, you know, you've lived and you've learned a little. Yeah, I lived and learned a lot because that's also why I wound up leaving Louisiana and coming up here because it was just too much drama and I had to come up to the DC area and be a part of less drama because I'm like you dropped no, yeah, hop from the frying pan into the fire. No, I I'm still, you think that's came, that much better. You know, when I came to DC, I you know, you I was able to cultivate a new personality. Like some people are very shocked when they <laughs> engage with me and they're like I can't believe that you are this ratchet and you like that kind because it's because there's so many I'm I I'm so nuanced like there's there is this aspect of me that is extreme like I have a friend that calls me ratchet and trashy and there is that part of me then there is the part of me that is extremely classical and pulled up if you will and a bit elegant and smart and articulate there's that person and then there is the complete introvert that i also am that just sits around quietly observing and judging people so there's like so many different layers of this person that come into one and it it, it always shocks people if they know me one way and they see me act in a different way it's, it comes as a surprise. Like this weekend, I had uh, lunch with, I'm, um, I'm a soloist at this church in DC. And when I'm in church, I'm, I'm all about performing. I'm all about singing. I present myself in this one very specific way. Plus I'm at church, so I'm, I'm being respectful of the Lord's house. And um, I'm also, even though I'm about to be 40, I'm also one of the younger people in the congregation. So I'm always very respectful of my elders. <clears throat> and so I had lunch with this um, woman at the church and she's trying to um, expand the church's food closet program. And so she brought me to lunch with her to discuss me possibly taking that on like the expansion of it and how that looks like our church just got this new refrigerated van and she wants to be able to go out into the community and pass out food because we have a partnership with the food banks in dc as well as target and they give us like a, a lot of food and the food closet is only open twice a month on wednesdays so 
at times the, the food can sometimes go bad so she wants to expand the food closet and so she had we went to lunch so that she could you know solicit me to do this work and I come up and so in her opinion her words were you're just so nice at church and you're so willing to help and you're so willing to offer this hand and I'm like yeah that's what I do like if I'm able to help anybody I'm always going to offer my assistance that's a part of the type of leader that I am this servant leadership like I always treat people the way that I want to be treated and if I want folks to help me I have to help them and that's like the way that I do my blessing but she's like I also, she's like, for the longest time, and I've sang at this church, I think for, it might be going on seven years now, eight or eight to seven years. It's been a, a minute. Um, I've been there. She's like, I just, we always thought of you as so quiet and then um, and just so docile. And I was like, there is no person in the world who knows me that would use docile, quiet maybe, but docile never in anyone's vocabulary as it pertains to me. So I was like, hmm, just because I'm silent, you all think that that's who I am. I was like, more, it's more like I'm here about my business and there isn't a real reason for me to have conversations. Like during the coffee hour at church, I do talk to people, but it was just so interesting that she just was like, yeah, you come off as shy and, you know, docile. She's like, I always thought that about you, but then... <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing <laughs> exactly and i eat and i just sat there you know i'm sitting here eating my reuben and i'm just like mm, okay and but then she's like but then um because i'm also uh the president of this organization well i've stepped down from the road but i was a president of this organization and we had an event at the church and um as the president i had to be the mistress of ceremonies of the event and so she was she attended and she was just like but then when i saw you at this event you were just so masterful with the audience and it just shifted my perspective and i was just like yeah as a i said for me the type of leader that i am i'm never the one that wants to be in the forefront i'm always pushing everyone i do my best work in the background however if i need to step up i'm not going to let any type of event or anything that I do fail because of that. So it was just, I was like, hmm, it's interesting to see your perspective. And I think that because she thought that I was just this very friendly person at church that oft, pretty much always says yes to things, she thought that I would just behave, she would be able to just coerce me, if you will, into running the program. And so I was like, I'm not going to be the person that says that they're going to do your the food program. I was like, I will happily create a proposal for you guys and look for people. I will project manage the shit out of this program, but the being the doer, no. And so she was just like taken aback a little bit. And um, she's like, well, I'll, we'll accept your proposal. I was like, yeah, I'll bring it to the session, which is, I guess, the heads of the church. And I was like, it's just like, when will you be ready to do it? I was like, you're going to have to give me a month to create a proposal because, for one, y'all aren't paying me to do this. So I'm not, there's no rush for me. Like, you want me to rush, you got to add a little coin to it. <laughs> but, uh, well. <laughs> but yeah, but it was just. If you're doing it for the Lord, you're doing it for the Lord. I'm doing, yeah, that's why I'm, you know, I am. I also sing for him. I live for him. I raise my child. Everything I do is to, to the, to the surprise of many, everything I do is to the upliftment of him. And he, he understands who his child is. And so he lets me be, and I, I rock, I give, I give myself to him. And I was just like, but I also know how to say no, you know, like I'm a faithful servant with some sense and i also know like my work schedule and my daughter's performance schedule and her rehearsals and i'm not going to put myself at risk of burnout to fulfill this ask that you have like i know how i can help and i see it but i'm not gonna pre i'm not gonna press it off and i just sat here and went off on a tangent but <laughs> but yeah but that was like yes we do <laughs> but yes but to bring it back to the question, my favorite subgenres, I don't necessarily, it really depends on how I'm feeling in the moment. Like I said before, right now, these urban fiction books have me 
in a chokehold. And so I am enjoying, <clears throat> I like the, the um, I don't know if it's a subgenre, but I just, I like, I like when, I don't, know how, I don't know how to say it. So I do, let me just, okay. So I do enjoy the arranged marriage trope. Like I like for, I don't know why, but I enjoy when people have to be forced to be married and the man is not feeling it, but he has to do it for whatever reason, because he's super wealthy. He's in a, a syndicate some kind of crime syndicate and he's about to ascend to the top of the syndicate and they want him to have a wife or like something has happened and this marriage has to be arranged like i like that or you accidentally got super drunk and went to vegas and then y'all got married and now y'all can't get unmarried for whatever reason (laughs) like i do like when people are forced to be together and then they work it out and you have to go through the ups and downs like I really because for me it causes like there's often like a lot of hilarious hilarious situations I like any type of romance novel that's going to make me laugh out loud and if you have me cackling while I'm reading it's a success I am like you I do get extremely irritated when people do not do their research, when people try to create the stories that flow into, like where you have this group of friends or this huge group of people, and you know how people try to, each book links into the next character or these characters are connected Mm -hmm. together in some kind of way. And as a reader and as a researcher and as an editor, I'm, I'm wanting you to follow the facts of the story that you've created but you will switch the characters up or you'll like four books later, you have created a totally different scenario than what happened in the first book. And I'm like, girl, what? And then for me, it's like, I'm going back to your first book to make sure I'm not tripping in the midst of me reading. I'm like, let me go see really, really quickly if I got to say something because so those are like the issues that I have. I also am like you, I like, and I apologize for this noise. Um, I thought I muted my work computer, but clearly I didn't. And people are still working at 9.40 p.m. Let me close some things. But <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I, I do like the young love, not super young, but I love the college age love and watching them navigate to navigate their love through whatever and then they go through the ups and downs the ebbs and flows of relationships i enjoy reading that a lot i enjoy um you don't like it if the billionaire trope is done correctly i'm always tapped into it like i think for me um tiffany patterson has the the aaron's patience and like all of those brothers right but but that's a little different because the way she presents them and the way it it, it's if they make it in a way that you kind of get to know the characters it makes it more believable but they're billionaires but but no but it's different if there's a billionaire and you kind of know their story yeah. What what I'm saying, I don't know. What I'm saying, I don't like, is like you get into it and immediately it has these two going at it like rabbits, and they met a minute uh, before, and then she ends up pregnant and finds out he's a billionaire, and oh, he's always going oh, to baby. No, that's what I, don't I mean. Think I, I I think I'm lucky. I haven't read a book like that yet. Usually, what I what you you know that they're wealthy because he has a jet or he or something has happened he you, i'm like you spending this crazy amount of money or they talk about like for aaron he was in charge of Townsend enterprises and it's this international company you're the ceo you own all these things you're successful you've been so it was just easy for me to ascertain that he is a billionaire and then of course it comes about that he is a billionaire but i honestly for me it's like out of the realm of my imagination to even 
think that there's any realism to the story. So I am always like into it from the fantasy perspective. I'm like, oh, look at them. They're doing this. They're doing that. Uh, I like it. I also like the psychopath trope. Like if somebody in the book is crazy, <laughs> like a crazy motherfucker, I'm like, I'm tapped in. Especially if it's a diagnosis where the author has taken the extra has taken the extra step to really talk to psychiatrists, psychologists, or whomever to really be able to expand on this person's psychosis and make you understand that character. There is a book that I read and um the guy in the character, um he has bipolar and he was diagnosed with it at the age of 12 and now he's an adult and um he's a part of a an illegal syndicate but he steps away from it and he's like living somewhere else and his father dies so his brother comes to him and it's so this is the psychopath and the arranged marriage situation his brother comes to him because they need Ooh, a two for one yes they need to bring the crime families together and the only way they can do that is if he marries a daughter and so (laughs) so he goes and he goes meets the family and um the the one the woman that they want him to marry He's, he's like, I'm not marrying her because he's older. He might be like 30 and the girl's like 21. And he's like, nobody will believe that we're getting married out of love for real because she hasn't even begun to live her life. And her sister comes in and her sister's this famous ballerina. And he's like, no, I want to marry her. And so they don't want to be married, but because everybody's like, so he doesn't want to marry the younger sister. She's the older sister she doesn't want her sister to ruin her life by being married to somebody like this guy like she doesn't know anything about him she doesn't know that he has this diagnosis or anything she just knows that um and i'm have to go back he also there's so many okay so he's they're wealthy they're billionaires they're criminals they're in a crime syndicate he has this psychosis and he murdered their brother but he kills their brother in retaliation to their brother killing his younger brother. So it's like they these families. What the huh? Yeah. <laughs> what is going on in this family? It's a lot, but it's good. It's so good. I mean, hold on, I'm gonna tell you the name of the book. Wait, wait, wait. And, and, and it's not even the other crime families. It's within their family. It's within these two families. Yes, exactly. It's not even the other crime families. Absolutely, it's between these two families. And um, so they are. Let me just hold on. I'm gonna go to my Kindle Unlimited. I'm gonna tell you the name of it real quick. Manage my titles. Because I've read it a couple of times because I was just like, oh, this is a lot happening. But um, but do you find like when you've read something for the second or third time that every time you read it, you notice something new that you didn't notice the time before? I do that every single time. And I think it's because I read so quickly. So, yes, I do. Okay, well, maybe that's why I do it, too, because I read it so quick. But, I mean, as frequently as I have read some of these, I mean, some of them... I have the books have been out like ten years, and I religiously read it at least one time a year. Mm-hmm. And then when I realize I'm I'm, I'm getting kind of antsy, I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Oh, I had not read my book yet this year. And then I kind of calm down a bit because I got my fix. Yes, I'm trying to see. Is this it? No, this is not it. This is a good one, but no, that's not it. Anyways, I'll find it and put I'm gonna tell y'all in the next uh series in the next episode what the name of the book is. But anyways, um so yeah, so like I said, they have to come together. And you would think that because these families had that situation where one brother killed the other one and and everybody knows that this gentleman killed this woman's brother, but nobody can prove it because he he's he's a killer like that's what he does he kills people and he is like amazing at it. and he and when he killed because he killed it straight out of retaliation because their brother killed his younger brother and then he like beat that digger to death like by his hands like beat him up 
fucked him up real bad and then left him at the door at the family's doorstep it was like we not even but this is a start <laughs> yeah, but but that doesn't get to you when it's like that realistic and it's and it's that brutal no because they didn't describe the beating but no um but no i'm well, tapping in i would have wanted them to describe it shoot if they're gonna go ahead and tell me it was done i, I mean they're not gonna describe he's so they didn't describe the murder but he has beat up other, he's killed other people he did other things and they described that but like, i want to know how if you're a killer i want to yeah, know how you're doing it he's doing it with his hands he got he's a, he's a marksman he's doing it that they, they he's and, and how is and how is he feeling when he executes these i mean so okay that, that that's not a very like, romantic way of thinking <laughs> no no but listen you're this is how we are like i don't need the ro the romance is coming he's not hurting her he's doing his his job so and in, in the crime family, he was like the the muscle of the family, if you will. And so he would handle whatever problems they had. And so he had the ability. Like I said, I, I really enjoy when the somebody's crazy. Like that, if somebody has an issue, <laughs> I'm like tapped all the way in. Like to... I would be wrapped up. I can't remember the name of that book. And I'm I'm so mad that I can't find it. But Ugh, when I find it, I'm gonna tell y'all next next episode. And if I don't say it, mention it in the comments that Kiana used to, sorry, you guys. <laughs> you haven't mentioned what the name of the book is. You have not mentioned the name of the book. And I will find it and tell you guys, I promise. But I do I enjoy that. What I don't like is the trope where like I always love a strong woman heroine. Like I do, a hundred and ten percent. What I don't like is when the women characters are strong to their detriment. Like you grew up in a family of affluence, and you want to sit here and carve out your own identity. So you want to make your life hard for no reason. Like you don't want to reach out for help for whatever the case may be because because I want to show everybody that I can do this all on my own. Like I, that's not, I hate when that happens because I, for me, realistically, you always tap into your network for support. Like I'm not going to sit here and make my life hard for no reason. Like if I have to have an issue growing up because I'm a part of a family with lack, but when, when those issues and I just, I, that bothers me so much when I'm just always like, <laughs> girl why are you sitting here making this unnecessary this what you're doing is really unnecessarily hard <laughs> when you could just let them help you like come on let them help you you don't have to be this extraordinarily out of control strong woman oh some people are really like that they, I they hate feel it. like they, they have to be strong to prove to other people that they are or uh, you know in, in the case of some black women you know we are raised to think you're supposed to be strong. You're not supposed to show emotion. You're supposed to be yeah. able to handle this, this, this. And we're supposed to be super women. Yeah, and I hate it because we're in because black women we're now in our soft era, so we need to be soft and let these people help us. <laughs> That's how I. It just I uh, I don't know. I guess because I'm a single parent and like I know how tough it is and how blessed and fortunate I am. And if somebody is offering me a reprieve of any sort um i typically am happy to accept your help because it's hard so i'm just like if you don't have to i don't like the stories where people struggle unnecessarily like there's no reason for you to have to be in this struggle find something different to struggle about find, give me something else and it's just i will stop reading a book like i wanted to read tiffany patterson's latest book about um the kids, the towns and kids. Mm -hmm. And um I I have I didn't even get past the second chapter because once it was pointed out to me that Monique, who's uh the daughter of of um a friend, and so she's like best friends with the Townsend boy. And so she's gone off to college and she has some type of issue she's trying to open up an art studio or something and she doesn't want to tell anybody the issues that she's having when everybody would help her and they wouldn't even help her by just giving her a studio they would just help her go through the process and maybe i should continue reading but i was just like girl 
this problem that you having is is pissing me off. So I'm not even I'm not even about to sit here and make myself be mad at an author that I truly like because I do know that there are a lot of people who like that trope. That's just not the trope for me. And I'm sad because I love the whole Townsend clan. So I really I might go back next year <laughs> and read it cuz I cuz it's like I will get to see the people that I really adore, the characters that I really adore, I know they're going to pop up. They're they're going to pop up, and I just haven't gone there because I really am not vibing with that trope. So I, I think. Oh, excuse me. Oh no, no go ahead. I, I think part of what happens too is when you get an author that has like a series and yeah. it's a family mm-hmm. that like each book they have to try to make it at least as good as the one before. So they're trying not to do the same thing to try to make it a little different. But in doing that, sometimes it it, it just doesn't seem to be the author. Yeah. You know, because you, you, you know they write a certain way mm-hmm. and you know to expect certain things from a Tiffany Patterson book yeah. or a Pepper Pace book or you yeah. know that you're going to find certain things in there. And then when you don't and things change up, it just seems really awkward and you just have to kind of take a break from it for a little bit until you, you know, cause I, I realize that authors change. There have been some that, that I loved. I've been like a diehard fan and then they just started in their writing. You could see something happen where they changed. And, you know, ever since then for that particular author, I can't read them. I will still support them by one click in those books, but I can't read them. Mm-hmm. Because her, her writing has changed so much that it, it's not the same author that, that I, I fell in love with. It, it's just not the same. And I realize that people grow and I realize things have to change, but I prefer that they change in a good way. Because yeah. I want to keep reading you. Exactly. Yeah. That's how, yep, that's exactly how I feel. I, I think that's what it is. And I, and like you said, I always do my job, my due diligence. I'll sit there and hit the one click and buy your book because I definitely support you as an author. And I always am like just really appreciative of the fact that like I really 100% respect the fact that you have taken time to cultivate a situation and spend a lot of time writing the book and putting your heart and soul into it. Like I'm going to support that 10 toes down. Um, but yeah, that's just, that trope's just a little bit too much for me to take. (laughs) Now with the motorcycle gangs, when they're, or motorcycle clubs, I've been saying gangs, I might be offending people. The motorcycle clubs, those books are out of the scope of my thinking just because of the way they're often described where you have these white motorcycle clubs that are just built on racist epithets like they're 100 percent racist but you have like this one white gentleman that encounters this black woman and all of a sudden you change your perspective which it can happen it has happened but the amount of racism <laughs> that comes from the other side I guess you have to expect that because it's an interracial romance and you have to deal with these racial themes in order to overcome. But when it's done correctly, I tap into it. But yeah, The Psychopath, I'm thinking of the book and I'm mad that I can't remember the name of it. But then Elle Kaysen has a book, has several books. She's a she's an urban romance author where my one of my favorite characters of hers his name is trey he is crazy even though he tells everybody in every book because they all everybody knows he's crazy but he's like the doctors have declared me competent i am not (laughs) but no he has lights don't always go all the way to the top floor and another author that does crazy really well is keita kendrick and her her men are her men are crazy too. <laughs> and so I just, whenever whenever I get into it and somebody's crazy, oh, I'm like, yes, let's go. Let me get into this book. I know I'm about to sit here and laugh because y'all about to do some off the wall crap. And I gotta, I gotta pay attention. I gotta listen. I gotta watch. I gotta participate in whatever foolishness that you all are about to have going on. So 
the psychopath trope, uh, watching kids go from youth, from college age to maturity. Definitely love that. I'm a fan of the billionaire trope. And then I also like books where they're just with the everyday person, like people who just have like a regular job. And yes, I really, I really love that. And, you know, they go through whatever situation they have. I was reading this one book again, you know, talking about people with issues. Um, it wasn't the main character, but the main character's sister had a mental illness. And um, she, the, the main character was a nurse and the love interest was the head of facilities at a college. And like, and he also had like a gym. So he had, he wasn't overly wealthy, but he had a decent amount of money and she's a nurse. So, you know, most nurses worth their grain of salt will be in the six figure caliber, but that their story was just, <laughs> Sometimes, if if depending on what area you in in DC, yes, they're gonna make but, okay in D- in DC in DC um, in DC in California and Texas. well, you know what in North Carolina, maybe if you're an ICU nurse with some experience, yeah, yeah, and yeah. work like weekend nights, but yeah, yeah, if you make if you got a little bit of experience under your belt, these aren't I'm not talking about fresh out of nursing school, so. <laughs> You gotta you gotta cut your teeth a little bit, but yes, they have you know a little bit of a little bit of coin. I I enjoy I enjoy those books too. Those are my faves. So yeah, we spent a whole hour just answering the mailbag <laughs> the mailbag episode, <laughs> and then um, so before you tell us about your book and our the last time we were together and you were very much like. The urban romance, and eh, you gotta ease me into it. I was like, I'm gonna find a book for you. I have found a book for you that I think you and any of our listeners who haven't trickled into urban romance, this book will really set you off well. The name of the book is called Campus Chronicles, and it's by my literal my so like I, I said that DA Young is one is like my favorite. A contemporary multicultural romance author this young lady and she's young very young she might be 25 she is my favorite urban ghetto romance author like when i read her books i know that i'm about to sit there and like laugh my ass off she's the one that i told you in her first book that she ever wrote i feel like it was an autobiographical book about me that is not the book that i'm going to ask you to read but her name is Sian Lee, and she wrote a book called Campus Chronicles. And I want you to read this book. I'm going to send it to you through your Kindle. I want you to read this okay. book, and then, um, you know, you got to report back to us and let us know what you thought about it. But this book, for all I did the entire time I read the book, because they're, so I'm about to be 40. These are college students. All I did was smile the whole time I read the book. And it's because they're 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 college students. There isn't they're not in any gangs. They're not they're not drug dealers. They are two young kids who fall in love, um, navigate that love while they're still in school. And but they are young, they are black, and they are urban. So there is that. There are some they they have they have issues like they're in college so they have like their college issues but it's like the vernacular that they use the way that they approach situations the opulence of their lifestyle there is the issue with um so in Campus Chronicles the main character the heroine is a plus size girl so she um deals with being bullied honestly by her family because of her size and she's not even what people would consider fat per se she's like thick if you know what i mean like she's thick and she's just a thick thick chick she got a body she got the <laughs> she got the bbl body if you will but it's natural and if you hate if you a hater you're gonna call her fat but she's beautiful <laughs> and she's also the guy's name is Kyrie. She's not the type of girl that Kyrie would typically date, but he meets her and she has this amazing personality. She's beautiful. 
he falls in love with her and she's also very inexperienced to the way of life because she's really smart her parents are doctors and they've kind of sheltered her even though she's been sheltered she also grew up in new orleans louisiana so she's been sheltered but she got you can't really when you've grown up in that type of city there's only so much that people can do to get over on you so she does have a bit of naivete and Kyrie is very protective of her but he's not when I, I I just when I tell you I just smiled when I read it it's called Campus Chronicles it's by Sion Lee they are a cute little couple their friends are hilarious and it just you got to read it I want everybody to read it quite honestly it's because <laughs> it's just that's a good way to welcome y'all into it. And then next week, I'll give y'all some good shit. The, the ghetto shit. <laughs> After you read that, you're going to be like, oh, you got to be like, oh, this is so nice. Oh, this is okay. This is contemporary romance. I love it. I fuck with it. And then you're going to be like, next week, what I bring to you guys, y'all be like, what the hell is going on? So, yes. Campus Chronicles by Sion Lee. Isha, I want you to read it. And when we come back, I want you to give us your true unfiltered opinion about that book. It's about 250 pages, so I feel like you can read it pretty quickly. And, okay, yeah. yeah that'll be a quick read. Yeah, that'll be a quick read for you. It might not be a quick read for everybody else, but definitely for um Miss Mama's over here, she could definitely knock that one out. So what are you going to tell us about today? What is what what did you what have you recently read or that you want the people to know about? Okay, so I I did one of my things where I reread one of my favorites again because whenever I tend to one click my favorite authors and sometimes for others I'm not really familiar with, I look to see if they have things in Kindle Unlimited and that's how I find my new author. Right now um all of my favorites have not had new releases this month. So I went back to an oldie that's not so old, but it's called Where Love is Found by Tia Rain. And this book, y'all, it is so good. The premise behind it is, I, I'll tell you the main character's names because I don't want to do a spoiler like I did last time. But um, we spoil things. First of all, this book came out in 2019. You are not. <laughs> oh my! But but those of her, let these people know. Those, so those who are new to her though might not want to. Yeah, but, I'm new to okay. her. So Tia Rain actually started off as a young adult author, Casey Connor. Um, she started the Tia Rain books, and they were totally different. I mean, they were adult books. So in this book, you have the two main characters, Charlize, whose nickname is Duck, and um, and Jackson. And they meet like an unconventional way. Like she is not paying attention when she's talking on the phone and she rear-ends him. And from oh, there was the yeah, there is okay. yeah, from there is kind of one of those things where you know, like one of them is instantly attracted and the other one is like, mm, yeah, whatever, I'm, I'm not doing this. And during the course of this, they decide, okay, well, if we just call this being friends and going on a friendly outing, then, but you know how that goes. You start off as friends and you keep going on all these outings and somebody starts to develop feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, the... Helen in this book, Charlie, is like, what? She is like this very empowered Black woman. So she, I'm trying to think if it's, she's like an Olivia Pope type. She starts off with this company, and while she's still really young, she sets out on her own and builds her own company and she has others working for her and they're like international and everything. So she's got the big bucks, but she kind of came from the hood, but she's one of those who knows where she came from. So she always gives back. The guy in this book is on the other hand, I won't say he's, I guess more upper middle class. He owns like, I think it's a landscaping business, but it's, 
Oh my gosh, y'all, this book was it just it was this roller coaster of emotions because this woman had this attitude like a man. She was getting with this guy. She actually had like three types of guys in her black book. And I, I won't say what they are because I'm I'm like, I can't get that vulgar. But at any rate, um, why not? It, That's it, what it, we it do was, here. It, I got to be that. So I'm going to read this book so I can get vulgar for y'all. Y'all know we come okay. figure out a mess. Okay. The, the way it starts off on the first page is like, she starts off, the first sentence is like, I know I got some good stuff. But that ain't what she says. I mean, you got some good pussy. You said she you got some good pussy. Hold on. Yes, I'm about to tell so, y'all. Let me read the first. So, you keep so, so that's how this starts off. So you know from there, it's going to be like, whoa. So this woman has this attitude that she doesn't want to be in a relationship with a man. She just wants to have her needs satisfied. She she doesn't need all that. She doesn't believe in love. And you don't really know why. <laughs> you just know that, that she is like, you know, she's for real. If she tells you she's done with you, she's done. Um, the guy, Jackson, on the other hand, is someone who believes in relationships and is kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get her to see what a real relationship is, is really about. But then they have to overcome these things like her family with the family members that are really hood and, and her mother who she hasn't had a relationship with. And then his family who you know half of them like her half of them don't and you have like all this stuff going on but in the meantime you have one of her men who kind of goes a little crazy and starts stalking her and doing things like tearing up her house and 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 smashing her sex toys and 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 harassing the new man Uh, the new man the new man. Yeah, mm. I, I won't say who the new man is because I don't want to mess things up. But um, then you go on. So, so like, during the course of this book, after the first bit of vandalism happens, you're going throughout the book thinking it's one person. And then you get to the end. It's like, holy crap. Like oh, the person you at least... This. It's the person you at least... Uh, you least expected it to be. So it's, it's Charlize. Like, Is it Charlize? She crazy, and she's doing it all herself. No, 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 oh. no. It, it it is one of her exes, but it's not who you think it is. She got that good pussy. Let me read this first page for these people, since you don't want to. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Let, let let me tell you this. So, but in in the meantime. At the end of the, the book, the big shocker is you find out why Duck is the way she is. And it's like a real bombshell, like one that kind of rocks the, her family, her boyfriend, her, you know, everybody. It's just like, oh, this is, you know, but it, it's really, it, y'all let her read the first page. And you'll, you'll understand why this, this really caught me. <clears throat> and, it, and it starts like this. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby, this pussy is so good, Cliff moaned as he buried his face back between my legs. He wasn't telling me something that I didn't already know. My pussy was damn good. And I'm not being cocky or conceited when I say that. Every woman should feel the same way. If you don't, you are not living in your full potential. Between every woman's thighs is the source of all power. It brings life into the world. Every person you have ever met has gone through a pussy at some point in their life, either through ejaculation, artificial insemination, or birth. Hell, men started wars for what's between a woman's legs. They murder, go broke, and leave their wife and kids for the right pussy. So I didn't feel like a bitch when I replied, it sure is. And then I ran my hand over Cliff's low-cut waves. That's just the first page, (laughs) y'all. I'm reading this and I'm I'm gonna report back. Where love is found by Tia Rain. T I Y A R A Y N E people. And if you don't (laughs) and if you're if you're cheap and don't want to support anybody, it's on Kindle Unlimited, so you can click for free and read it. Or you could just it's only three dollars and ninety nine cents. Y'all buy the book. And um if you're actually listening to this episode, because I'm a real bitch. If you want to read it and you don't want to pay for it, the first five people that reach out to me, I'll buy it for you and send it to you. The first five, y'all got to actually comment 
under your podcast. No, actually, comment on our Instagram. Send me a DM on Instagram. And the first five people that do that, I will send you this book, the e-version of it. I'm not going to send no paperback. I'm going to send the electronic version. So let me know because I want us all to read it. So I'll buy it for you guys and send it to you. It is definitely worth your time. I mean, y'all, sweet little innocent Isha reading stuff like that. But it, it was like I was riveted from the beginning because I'm like, whoa, what is it? And it wasn't like it was nasty, nasty. The way she was talking was like realistic. Like if I was having a talk with one of my girlfriends and she was telling me about an encounter, that's the way this woman is talking. And that's the way she talks throughout the book. You know, you, you're seeing everything as if you're one of her friends and it's almost like she's narrating this to you as you, you're sitting down at brunch or something. So, it, and I, in my opinion, it was really a good read. I love that. I am. I'm down for that. I'm going to read it. Even though I will say the first person books are not my favorite. I think that that... Um, Often, when they're done right, they're great. But so many, so many people only write in first person, and for me, it it's just so amateurish because I feel like when you take the time to create like the full fledged character and you're able to make the descriptions from just a true narrator's viewpoint instead of having the character explain to you verbatim what they're feeling, it's different. So. But a lot of these authors write in first person, so I'm quite used to it. However, I get really excited when I see the author take that extra step and like really jump out the box and get out of the first person way of writing and write just a a story. Give me a novel. Give me something. So, But I'm going to read it because, uh, yeah, the first page, you know, like I said, I, I'm a fan of somebody getting slutted out at any given point. <laughs> That's like a vibe for me, which is another reason why I enjoy Tiffany Patterson and I really love Aaron's Patience. And if you guys want to read about these Townsend men, like he's the vibe and yet another crazy person because he's crazy too. So I think it's something about these <laughs> the crazy yeah, she, person she, trope. She likes her man crazy. I do. I love me a good or, or at least her book boyfriends. I, I do. I love a little toxic man. Okay, I do. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Make it clear though. You mean a toxic man in your book boyfriend, not in the real life? I could deal with them in my real. I know how to handle them. I know. I know. Oh. I know how mm-hmm. to handle you. I know. No, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm at the point in my life I don't need all that. Just, just clearly, <laughs> you know. clearly, I don't need all that either. I'm very single out here, but but I can handle it. If you but you're willing to deal with the toxicity, hmm. I'm not, okay. no, I'm not gonna deal with it. I'm a, I'm a entertain. I'll entertain it for like a little, like a a little while, but no. no. Okay, I don't have the time or the emotional wherewithal. Plus, I have an attitude. I they can't deal with me. Quite honestly, I I would drive a toxic man crazy because I <laughs> I meet I meet everybody on their level. I meet you where you are. So if you wanna if you wanna be down there, we are gonna go to hell together. <laughs> oh boy, we're gonna be lunatics together, and then I will ghost you. <laughs> hey, you know what? At least you're honest. I will. I will do so, it. So y'all out there, she warns you. I told. I yes. I always. I give you. I give clear warnings. I let everybody know. So you guys, we got a little mailbag episode. That's so cute. This is episode four, and we already got questions. Um. So as you can see, if you write us, we will respond. And um, we're about to close this one out. We have we have assignments from both of us. I want people. I want Isha to read Campus Chronicles, and I want y'all to read Campus Chronicles too. Um, Sion Lee has taken a strike against Kindle Unlimited, so you all will have to pony up some money to read it. But come on now, these that's the other thing, and we'll have to talk about this in another episode. The price point for the books that these authors write on either side of the spectrum, whether it's urban romance or um, multicultural contemporary black authors they price their books so low and I feel like it's a disservice to themselves however from what I understand they have to price their books this low because the readers us we don't want to pay for books which is ugh, so sad to see um 
yeah it's so sad to see and so um i i do i want you guys to check out these books and in a couple weeks we'll come back and talk about them and see what you all think i'm going to read the one the where love is found and isha's going to read campus chronicles and y'all are going to read both and we're going to have us a little book club discussion (laughs) all right sounds fun so we're going to sign off we'll see you guys next week please again we are loving the fact that you enjoyed um last week's episode with da young continue to rate continue to tell your friends i got a comment from a co-worker that made me feel super excited and he said and i want to shout him out um his name's fletcher lopez shout out to you fletcher he has a band called part Car- carbon they just released an ep so you can go follow them on social media too the music is really good it it might not be your cup of tea but I'm just a fan of really good music, really great musicianship. They're a rock band, and I think everybody will enjoy it because it's it's really good. Like, I'm excited, and he's, like I said, it's my coworker. I'm going to shout him out. He um, said, let me go to his message. Oh, my God. Am I going to get there? Child, I should have these things queued up, but I don't. Okay. He said... I've really enjoyed your podcast. Can't say our books are for me, but I loved hearing you all's insights and how some aspects of your lives relate to them or how you wish how the books were more realistic. He's excited to listen to this week's podcast on his way to work tomorrow. And that's really what I want. I don't necessarily, we want people to become aware of this genre. Um, I feel like in the grand landscape of romance, we are often as black women writers and all these authors are black women. We're often overlooked. We aren't taken as seriously as other authors. So I appreciated his comment to me because I'm hoping that other people will listen to this podcast and feel the same and want to take a chance on a genre that you're like, what? I didn't know anything about it. So yes you all keep doing the same thing keep being amazing keep listening to us anywhere you can find a podcast because we are everywhere look at our link tree write us on instagram facebook tiktok or twitter we are marginally active there we're getting better but we will respond if you all reach out and as well keep emailing us at urbanwhisperspodcast at gmail.com any you have any closing remarks you want to give isha you know what for once i i really don't (laughs) (laughs) well great so we'll sign off and we will see you guys next week bye yes until we meet again bye